I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, and welcome to the Blizzard Watch podcast, where we talk about Blizzard games. We watch them, as it were. We watch them very carefully. We're always watching, staring, watching, following them with our eyes. We're not creepy or nothing. Never though. playing though. We don't play these games. They're for nerds. <laughs> That's Alex Z. Bart, the editor in chief and overall Hello. Grand High Poobah of the Blizzard Watch site, and he likes to just jump right on out there and annoy you. So, all send all your cards and letters about how terrible we are to Alex Z. Bart. He loves to get them. He likes to make a pile of them and swim in them like Scrooge's money bin. And I uh, toss them in the fireplace to stay warm during winter. Yes. Well, you did take your door off the hinges, so you know it's probably pretty cold in there right now. Hey, it went back. It went right back on. That's not a problem. Okay, that's good. That's that was Alex's entire interesting story. I just preempted it. You can thank me later. Uh, also with us this week, uh, as she always is, is Ann Stickney. And do you want to talk about how horrible Warcraft is? I don't know. No. <laughs> Maybe you want to get cards too. This is the weirdest too. intro ever. I know it went out of it went out of control real fast. Like like within five seconds. Yeah. So what you been up to? Me? Um, yes, yes a you. Bit of this a little bit of that. Been working on garrison stuff. Slowly recollecting my hoard of gold that I spent on WoW tokens. I'm about two thirds the way there now. Um, and keep in mind that I spent probably about. 70 70k something like that and this was a couple of weeks ago so yeah um my garrison is working really well for me on the money making front right now and then outside of that not much dragon age a little bit witcher came out today looking forward to checking that out Alrighty. um real quick news i think it's it's I don't know what anniversary of Diablo it is. I know that it's Diablo's big anniversary, but I don't know if it's... It's Diablo like the, 3's third anniversary. Okay, it's the third anniversary of Diablo 3 this year. I and to, do, to celebrate that, they uh, they did something that they won't admit to having done in their actual site, but they basically brought the cow level back. So if you're wandering around in Diablo 3 and you see a strange portal, you are not recommended to click it because it might take you to a cow level and then it will be disavowed later. There uh, is no cow level. That's pretty cool, in my opinion. And uh, also this this week, um, today apparently, um, we got to look at Orgrim Doomhammer's nipples, which is just wow. yay. Well, we did. What a way to put that. You just put that right on out there, didn't you? Yes, I did. Well, I mean, you know, it's the thing. It's what they did. They showed us Orgrim Doomhammer's digital nipples. I mean, no one ever points it out that that's what we get to see with the Hulk too. We're getting you know nice Hulk Hulk nipple every time he's on screen, man. Um. Can can we start over and make the conversation less weird? They no. released a render of Orgrim Doomhammer from the Warcraft movie, and it looks pretty cool. It's it amazing. Does, it is very well rendered. It, it doesn't look like computer generated, really. I wish. I, I wish. I mean, people are already freaking out about this because you know you see what they look like, and they're amazing. Um, I wish that they had released like 
just a little clip or an animated GIF or something of them in motion because that's where it gets that's where it just like crosses the line from wow that looks really cool to oh my gosh that thing's alive like it's it's really weird the thing about robert kaczynski is he's such a like a distinctive looking actor and it's funny that you know he doesn't look like an orc at all if you look at the actual actor he does not look like an orc and yet the orc does look like robert kaczynski yeah yeah (laughs) If you're looking at him right now and he's Kaczynski's face, it really it's, it's is. The eyes and the yeah, it, it they whatever they did to make that happen effects wise, it's just spot on. It's crazy. I mean, I don't think it's not like him in a suit, it's completely CGI, but he's doing mocap for it, I believe. Yeah. yeah. But it's the face mocap is very unusual. Usually when they do mocap like that, they don't get the face this well. Like the eyes and the, the, the setting of the eyes and the way that they, they look, it does it looks like Robert Kaczynski. It does look like him. I don't know how else to put it. It's very similar to the way I'm mentioning the Hulk again. It's similar to the way that the Hulk in Avengers and Avengers 2 looks like... Mark Ruffalo. Like Mark Ruffalo without looking like Mark Ruffalo. Like yeah. It doesn't look like they painted him or anything. It looks like a big giant green it's guy. Got, it's got yeah. his eyes pretty much. It's like the eye, brow, nose somewhere in that composition. It yeah. still looks like him. The expressions are pretty close. Yeah. Like the, the the particular expression I keep thinking back to is there's a scene in Avengers. We'll go with the original Avengers. There's a scene in that where he basically beats the tar out of Loki and then he walks away and kind of goes, puny God. And the look on his face there is very much. <laughs> it's <Ruffalo>. very Ruffalo. <laughs> so they've done a really amazing job. Apparently it's the same team. So, yeah, it, it does look it looks good. Yeah, it looks fantastic. So, yeah, that's pretty much it for news this week, at least as, as of um, me talking. Nothing else really big has happened. Uh, but tomorrow, some stuff happens. Yes, the tomorrow. Mystic Rune Saber released. Is that a thing? That's Is that a worth thing. mentioning? It's you a can buy it if you want. Purple cat that you can purchase if you're so inclined to do so. Um, I was going to say tomorrow. Tomorrow is when open beta for Heroes of the Storm begins. Correct. I believe so, Yes, yeah. but pr- okay. probably not tomorrow when they're listening to this if they downloaded it. Oh, that's true. So at this point, open the beta The 19th of May. The 19th Tuesday. of May is that's supposed to happen, yes. So that should be interesting. Yes. Still no word on when Overtech is starting up. Overtech? Sorry, really? Overwatch. Overwatch. <laughs> oh my god, you guys are always like this. You know what word I mean, and yet you're like, what? what? I generally didn't. Like, I, Overtech sounded like a, a line of... Overtech like computer is, peripherals you were very excited about. I was like, I've never <laughs> heard of Overtech. Overtech is, is actually good. Overtech is actually a company in the story I've been working on for the past year. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's there's a reason that I used that for not anything else. It would mean nothing to you guys, but in ten years, maybe you'll have heard of it. So if you're listening to this podcast ten years from now, there you go. Find something better to do. <laughs> Get a hover car. What, what is wrong with you? My <laughs> God. Every time I'm we sorry. bring up anything, you're like, this is awful. Alex Seabart, find something better to do. That's going to be the tagline of the podcast now. <laughs> ten, the Blizzard ten Watch years Blizzard, from now. The Blizzard Watch podcast, find something better to do. Ten years from now. If they're yes. still finding value in this podcast, the world is boring as hell. <laughs> I mean, finding value in it, like, now in 2015, fine. 2025, has nothing better happened? <laughs> Is that our future? Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Did we move off with the podcast? Are you just going to keep doing this? No, go. Overwatch. I want to play uh, it. <laughs> they released some videos a while back, and we covered them last week, actually. That's probably something interesting. They mentioned, they mentioned uh, it was Mercy and Zenyatta. Was that who they did? Yes. And it's what's interesting about them is they're both support characters. Uh, Mercy's a pretty straight-up healer, healer buffer. That's puts up fields, heals people. Uh, does does have a gun, does do some shooting, but generally speaking, she's she's all about buffing her group. Zenyatta is messed up. Yeah, he's interesting. Zenyatta has this like necklace of thrall beads. If you remember oh, the big. Uh... He's a robot Buddhist monk, I think. Yes, he's a robot monk, which is in and of itself kind of weird. But he's got this necklace of, of beads, and he uses them 
offensively. Like they come off of him and go up, make like he's got this like weird zone he puts around himself and he throws those things around and makes explosions and it's just it's really interesting. It's a different way of going about the support role. So yeah, I had a chance to play him a little bit at BlizzCon and the only thing I didn't like about it is okay, it's a first person shooter, so your like your weapons are always on screen. Because he like thrusts his hands to throw those balls out, mm-hmm. his two hands are constantly thrusting onto the screen from the two sides of the screen, and it kind of gave me a headache. But um, people who don't have that problem will probably find it a lot of fun. Yeah, he's he's definitely new and different. If you've played like TF2 or if you've played any of these type of games where they've got like a healer buffer character, you'll you'll pick up Mercy real fast. It's nothing. Yeah, Mercy will be familiar to anybody who's played the medic in TF2, except. I don't think, maybe, I haven't played TF2 in a very long time, but I think the only difference is Mercy can also use her thing to either heal people or boost their damage, and I don't yeah. think the medic can boost damage. Yeah, but it's basically the same style of gameplay, um, and she also, you know, it's just, it's, it's you know, she pulls out a gun, shoots people, it's it's pretty standard, uh, whereas Zenyatta is definitely a different flavor of that sort of thing, so I'm interested yeah, and- to try that out. I'm interested that um, they showed off two support characters from the beginning, because it's a shooter, so you'd expect they would show off the shooty, flashy characters. Instead, they picked you know, the, the healers, more or less. It was also I wonder- interesting that they showed a loss from the perspective of one of the characters. <laughs> yeah, for Mercy's game was a loss, I think. Yeah, they showed Mercy losing, which was interesting. I want to see a I'll video right of Symmetra, because I loved playing Symmetra at BlizzCon, and I want more Symmetra. Whoever the guy with the bow is, he's apparently... Is it Hanzo? Yes. And he's apparently really good at killing Mercy, because kill, he killed Mercy like four times in that video. It's like, you know, if you're going to go up against Mercy, get Hanzo, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely like a different... I, I'm, I'm really interested in the way they showed Zenyatta. Made, made me interested in playing him. Which I'm not normally interested in playing sport characters, but he's just such a distinct way of doing it. So Yeah, that's, that's actually why uh, Symmetra is another... Uh, I don't know if you could call her support. She's kind of... Maybe she is. She's hard to define. She can place down turrets, but multiple turrets at once. And if I recall, she can shield people. And she has a weapon that can charge up. And when you charge it up, the bullet can go through shields. And that was awesome because everybody playing at BlizzCon was picking the dude that could put a big mobile shield up and the big tanky guy. And the whole team would hide behind it till you breach the hole or whatever. And I would just use her to take him out immediately, and the entire strategy would fall apart. It was pretty good. Okay, she's the one that can actually charge things to go through shields and so forth? Is that what you're saying? Like, her like her gun, if you just tap it, it'll just shoot a little bullet, but you can hold it down to charge it up, and it turns into, like, a slow-traveling bomb. And if you charge it up, it goes right through player shields. Gotcha. Like, it doesn't even hit it. It just goes straight through it. Alrighty. And do you have anything to say, or...? No, I am quite content to just let you guys to chat about that one. All right, well, we'll move on to emails at this point. As always, if you have an email, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. We got quite a few emails today, so we will do our best to get through the ones we have. Um, but yeah, we're always looking forward to getting them. Um, pretty much any any Blizzard game you want to talk about, if we can't answer it, we're more than willing to just ramble on for like an hour or so. We, we're Nothing can stop us, really. Uh, Alex will tell you how pointless and meaningless it is, but you know the rest of us, the rest of us enjoy the experience. So feel free to send those in. I'm just saying there's an expiration date on these things. <laughs> That's all. All right. Well, in in honor of Leroy turning ten, what are, I should actually you know what I should go. This person gave us a, a pronunciation guide. I feel bad that I didn't you know, immediately use their name. So this is a uh, Tkangia. That's how it's pronounced. Tkangia. I don't know. Would you pronounce that con? Yeah, that's con. Like, con. like wrath like, of con. con. <laughs> yeah. Tkangia. Uh, I don't agree, but whatever. Hi, watchers. In honor of Leroy turning 10, what are some of your most intense or oh no moments from Dungeons or Raids you've ever witnessed? Tkangia. Uh, I guess we'll let Ian go first because Alex and I have been talking for a solid five minutes. Um, well, I don't know if it's like intense or oh no, but I can. I can pinpoint the first one, the the, the first one for me. Um, actually, there's two of them. First one, the very first one was on my very first character, my Night Elf Druid. 
I had just hit the level for which to become eligible to go do Nomragon. I had never done Nomragon before. Um, and I was really excited about this because I wanted to go do Nomragon. And this was before I was wise. <laughs> so I went to Nomragon and uh, it was me and we had a gnome warrior that was tanking. And we had, uh, gosh, who was it? I think we had a rogue with us. And then we also had this night elf hunter along with myself. I was playing a druid. And then I forget who the fifth person was. Anyway, so the, so the, the night elf hunter... He's he's the pivotal part of this whole thing. We we get to the beginning of the zone and we fight our way through it and we get to that first little overlook where you're supposed to jump down. And this is why I was laughing so hard during that particular leveling stream in which we did Nomergun. Because we all jump down, right? And it's me and everybody. We're all together. We're fighting things. We're having a good time. And then all of a sudden, the Night Elf types in, in chat and says... Where's my, Where's pet? my pet? Everybody has one of those. And we said, what do you mean? Where's your pet? He goes, I don't know where my pet is. And we're like, well, where, where, where did it go? And we found out approximately 30 seconds later when the entirety of Nomergon came down around our heads. <laughs> following this panicked bird. <laughs> and then we all probably died not we were not at all well equipped to handle that whatsoever um the second time that this occurred was right after i had hit level 60 uh a friend of mine was like you're level 60 now i said yeah and he goes what do you want to do let's go do something and i said you know what i never did razor fen crawl let's go do that and he goes okay I mean, I was like way above level for it, but we decided to go there and w- we went into the instance and I thought it was really cool and everything and we're running around stuff, um, running by mobs and one of them accidentally aggro's on me and it's as I'm going across the bridges to the end, to like the last boss, so I just, I, I just jump off the bridge and run back to go find him because he's still back at the beginning of the zone and um, think nothing of it. And that was when I actually officially learned that mobs do not drop combat when you run away from them in instances. <laughs> because it was the same thing. I come to talk to him, and he goes, what were you doing? I said, oh, you know, I was back at the other end of the zone. It's really cool over there. There's like this little hut, and one of the pigs got angry, but it's okay. I got away from it. And they said, he's like, wait, you got away from it? And I was like, yeah. And then all of a sudden, I could hear it on my headphones, like the crescendo of angry pig screeching <laughs> and it just got louder and louder so i'm like oh my gosh run and he goes yes run run out of the instant so we're running and behind us is just this avalanche of angry pigs we have made them we, we have we have irritated the pig god and he is having his vengeance if we go running i bust into cat form to try and get ahead of him only my friend and this is where i mentioned that my friend is a paladin and he's also kind of a jerk because <laughs> he bubbled. He bubbled and hearthed out and left me there. <laughs> I, I gotta say, I don't blame him. Yeah, probably. I'd have left you too. Probably. Right, yeah, Alex. Alex, you gonna go in one for us? Mine's mine's a Nobergon too, but it's not that jump. It's that final hallway towards the boss where all the dark uh, irons are. Yeah. Back in vanilla, those dark irons replaced. Like, if you were appropriate level for the dungeon, and you were on the upper level. The Dark Iron Dwarves in the lower level were still within aggro range. So you could just be fighting normally. Nobody's screwing up. Hunter didn't do anything stupid. You're just pulling mobs. All the dwarves in the bottom would aggro and run completely around and pull every single dwarf in the instance to you. And you didn't even do anything wrong. <laughs> this is how it was made. They it just, was made so you die. If they saw you, you were dead. Yeah. yeah, I remember that they were it just like, placed that way in the dungeon to just pull wrong. Right. One of the things that they warned us about when we were doing that, they were like, "Don't get up close to the edge." And we're like, "Why?" And they go, "The dwarves will see you." <laughs> that was yeah, really important. <laughs> you were supposed to do every pull in Nomer. You were supposed to pull them back as far as you could. Yeah, it was very irritating. Mine is actually based on Karazhan. Oh, you guys remember when when we first were in BC? The uh, warlock had, like, a, I want to say, seed, 
think it was a seed ability. It was called seed, seed of, of seed of corruption. Yes, she, we were we were basically on the on the uh, we'd just gone past Nightbane, and you go up. You're going up the tower to get to the curator, right? And seed of corruption was an ability that hit everything in, in an AOE, except it was a 360 degree AOE, <laughs> both vertically and horizontally. Mm-hmm. It hit everything above you and everything below you. So if you were on a in a room that was like the lower half of a two story, we were yeah we we were <laughs> going up and you you get to like the point where you're fighting there's this this like a couple of ghosts out in like a what looks like a, you know nothing it's just this nothing room with a couple of ghosts in it and our warlock decided to hit seed I don't know why he used seed of corruption on two mobs but he did because he could except it hit everything. Above us. Now, when I say everything, we, 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 we fight those ghosts. Everything's fine. First ghost goes down, second ghost. Then we like see you know another ghost coming down. We're like, okay, whatever. The ghosts are coming down. Then we start seeing another ghost come down. Then the two big robots from outside <laughs> the hallway in front of Curator. <laughs> then all the ghost mobs and worms from inside Curator's room. Then we hear... The menagerie is closed, and Curator <laughs> comes down. And someone's yelling to me, Rossi, grab, grab aggro on Curator. I'm like, I'm on my shaman. Let <laughs> me healing. What do you want me to do? Cast Rockbiter on it? So, yeah, Curator comes down and just destroys us. I mean, because we were going to die anyway, because, like, literally everything else was on us, but... He, he hit Curator with Seed of Corruption from like four floors down. Yeah, he uh, like, Seed of Corruption was one of those, and that was that was a. I don't know if that was intended. I can't imagine that was intended, but it was in the game for the longest time. Like I remember Black Temple, we had to tell our warlocks very specifically: "Don't you dare use Seed in this room! Don't you yeah. dare!" Because <laughs> it of pulled down had, the yeah. entirety of Illidan's like. House of ill repute the <laughs> on our heads, yeah. like without yeah, even. Seed yeah. was nuts. Like it hit things forever. It was like it's it, it, like it had no range. Yeah, it just using it in car. My favorite use of it in Carzon was when it somehow pulled the entire audience for the opera. Oh yeah, yeah. They weren't anywhere near the opera. No, like it went through the ceiling or something, and then there's just yeah, like you, ten thousand ghostly you, you audience members them. coming down. You could hit them from Moros's room. Yeah. Yeah, cause I, I saw that happen. I yeah. saw that happen, and we were like, "What the hell?" But that was like the first time we saw it go bad was on that was on that staircase because because things were coming down like we didn't even realize at first. We just thought maybe they were pats or something. So the, the next ghost comes <laughs> wow, down. This like, is okay. the weirdest pat I've ever yeah. seen. <laughs> Why is that ghost come down? Why did that other ghost come down? Why are there two robots? Why are there mana worms everywhere? The car- you know the menagerie is closed. And it's such a, he's so quiet about it. He just, he sounds so pleased with himself. Like the menagerie is closed. It's like, Oh my God, you pulled, you pulled curator. We hadn't even seen curator yet. Oh no. <laughs> we, we had no, like we had just gotten to the point where we were going to go up to curator. We've been working on Nightbane Like as soon as we could, we thought Nightbane was just another boss. We didn't realize that he was as hard as the, as the end boss. Oh, he was terrible. Yeah, so we were like working Nightbane for months. Like we had no idea. We we're like, you know, cause and I, I, we had no concept that it was going to be that hard. That's why I was healing because we had like so many warriors, and I was the only one with a shaman. It was like you know we really need chain heal. Can you bid on your shaman? I'm like all right, whatever. No, that was the I chain think, heal spam years. I think the only other funny one in like recent memory was when one of our paladins accidentally pulled the trash in front of a list resort with a mushroom chair. Oh my god, I remember that. <laughs> you remember that. He put yeah. on a mushroom chair, and they were really, really angry about the mushroom chair. Yeah, like, like he puts on the mushroom chair, and then suddenly we all get grabbed by vines. It was like, what the? Why are we? Why are we going the chair, now? The chair angered them for some reason. Mushrooms. Apparently, here, no <laughs> druids who are on fire don't like mushrooms. I, you got me. Yeah, maybe it's a reference from Mario. I don't know. I have no idea. (laughs) There was one time uh, in Blackwing Lair we were doing Velastraws, and you know he does his his talk before he starts. 
So we started the fight, but the tanks couldn't grab him yet because he talks and he isn't angry right away. And I didn't have full mana because I had been buffing people. But mm-hmm. I had a enchant on one of my items that generated like four mana every five seconds. And apparently yep. that generates threat. Yeah. And I was on my priest. So I was standing with the healers and the casters. And finally Vale stops talking. And the first thing he does is spin around on me, breathe fire on everybody, and then go to the tank. Yep. Yeah. Because the tank hadn't had a chance to generate threat yet. Right. That's, he just, um... combat started, everybody died because <laughs> I regenerated mana. That was, that was like common for that fight with our healers because our healers were in the habit of like putting a renew on somebody before the yeah, before the yeah. fight even began and they discovered very quickly that this was a Good. horrible idea <laughs> on that boss. Vale, the other thing I had for Vale, the weirdest the weirdest experience for Vale and then we will move on to the next email, but w- w- this is this was the the fight where we killed Vale, by the way. Um we'd been doing him for months and this the, not months. I guess we'd been doing him for like a month and a half and we'd figured out that you could go do the mind control thing. And get the uh, buff. Yes. So we had to go do that. You had to go into black into into a upper black rock spire. Upper rock black spire. rock spire and do the mind control. Like you have to mind control one of the the ads, the flame bender, I believe he was called or whatever, mm-hmm. and buff everyone in the raid with fire resistance. And then you have to like and since you can only get fifteen people in at a time, you had to run people in and out and do it, you know. So we did we do that before every poll. So that meant that every time we wiped, that was another fifteen to twenty minutes of setup to do the next poll. Yep. So we're on the last poll of the night, and, and the raid leader is, is losing his mind. He's a nice guy. He was, a really, he was one of the best people I ever played WoW with, but he was losing his mind. He was like, okay, I want people to remember how this works. And he was like explaining, okay, don't, you know, once the tank moves off to blow up, don't heal him. Just let him go. Move on to the next guy who's going to get aggro. Going through the whole thing. We, we, we start the fight. The first thing that happens is somebody's mechanical Yeti pet pulls aggro. Thankfully, that mechanical Yeti was one of the tanks. So we got an unexpected tank suddenly in the lead. It wasn't the guy that we thought was going to be the first guy. But okay, mechanical <laughs> Yeti decided for us. We'll you know we'll let it go. Uh, this is when we found out that when when he kills mechanical Yeti, he says, "Forgive me, mechanical Yeti. Your death only adds to my failure." So half the healing core was laughing their brains out. They could barely even focus. It's time to let that tank die. He, he moves over, and it's time to let him die. But they didn't. They just healed him harder. They healed him harder and harder than they'd ever healed him before. And now the raid leader's screaming, Stop healing Cortez! Stop healing Cortez! You bleeps won't ever keep him alive every other time I want him to live! Let him die the one time I want him to die! <laughs> they don't. They don't let him die. Uh, eventually he blows up anyway. Like there's no saving him, but they, they worked Herculeanly to, to keep him alive to the point where they all were almost, you know, they'd blown all their mana, but because the fight regenerates you, that doesn't really matter. Yeah. So next tank comes up. Apparently that effort on their part, keep kept him up longer, gave us more DPS time on him. And that's how we killed him. That's how we killed Vale. So after the fight's over, everyone's panting. Everyone's like, oh, my God, he's dead. And the, 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 guild, the guild leader's like, great job. Why wouldn't you let him die? And, and, and Cortez comes over the microphone and is like, yeah, I was surprised, too. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, usually I'm the first to go. I didn't get it. Like, I'd like to give my mechanical Yeti credit for the win, really. So I was, was like, the Yeti. From that point on, every fight, Mechanical Yeti was out. Like, you know, until Nefarian went down, Mechanical Yeti. He was right. The Mechanical, yep. the mechanical Yeti added to his failure to <laughs> live. So, there you go. Okay, next email is from Tyler from Michigan or Arkan from the Venture Co- Server. Since he Michigan's used both names. Michigan's not a server? <laughs> well, anyway, greetings, watchers. I have a question about the leveling experience. Last week, the discussion about revamping leveling content came up again. While I agree that Blizzard's primary focus should be on retaining their current and active and loyal player base, they have been making big changes to appeal to new and returning players. I'm one of those returning players, and two of my good friends and I recently started playing again. One major problem we ran into was trying to play together. Our characters always seem to be out of level range of one another. 
This experience is flat-out horrible. I can think of few things more frustrating than having a friend to play a game with, but being told by the game that one of us is either too low a level or too high, not the right high level, etc. I understand the need to gate content somehow, but there should be an alternative. I had hoped that the Time Walker dungeons would solve this, allowing me to play, to say, tank a Scarlet Monastery run on my level I-655 Paladin for my friend who is currently leveling a brand new character, and just have the game scale me down. Instead, they're making these dungeons yet another activity for max level players and limiting it to certain weekends. It's disappointing because if I want to bring a brand new friend to the game, I have to ask them to boost to 90 and level to 97 before they can really do anything with me. I read an article a few years back that said 70% of new players never make it past level 10. I think having a better way to do content alongside veteran players would help bring in players and get in them having fun. I'd love to hear what you think. Thanks, Tyler from Michigan. Uh, or Arcane from the Venture Co. server. Uh, thoughts? I still want the sidekick system from City of Heroes applied to World of Warcraft. Either, either scaling either the low character up or the high level character down. I don't either care way. what it is. But yeah, it seems it's kind of ridiculous to me that it doesn't exist yet. And I, I do think that uh, they're Razor focus on level 100, it's great for existing players, like getting new level 100 content or max level content is nice. But I do think the fact that they just let the low level stuff fall into disrepair and ignore it and give people a way to skip it, uh, I think that does prevent new people from enjoying the game. Because if you want to level regular the regular way and see the whole game, a lot of that stuff's broken. If you see the level 90 boost, I don't have any stats from, like, Blizzard has those stats, I don't. But if I saw a game on the shelf I'd never played before, and the selling point was skip most of it, I don't think I'd want to buy it. That sounds like a crappy game. Like, your selling point is you can skip 90% of it. I don't want that game. That's You're admitting something is wrong with it. Well, and the problem is, is that everything everything prior to that content has kind of fallen by the wayside and their solution to that is let's make you gain experience faster so you can get through it quicker instead of let's address this and fix it so it feels more natural they're just kind of bending it to where it doesn't feel natural at all see i'm willing to admit that i don't think there's too much they can do to fix it past a certain point yeah i mean they can fix the fact that it, you know they can fix outright buggy quests like when Alex was talking about leveling through Hellfire and stuff just plain doesn't work, that they can and should be fixing. They should always be working on that. Um, but there's a certain amount of this stuff that only feels good. Like, when they did the Cater revamp, we've been leveling through the Cater revamp, and it feels good to us because there's the five of us and we act like nutcases. Yes. And we're having fun. But solo leveling through that stuff, it just isn't... It's never going to feel as good as it ever did. You know what I mean? It just there's, there's a limit to how good you're, it's going to feel. I don't mind them letting you get experience and going through it. I find myself wondering it though, if heirlooms are the way to go. My, or, I, I think my issue with it is that, you know, there are so many ways that they've implemented to skip because you've got okay, there's a level ninety boost. You could also deck your character out in heirlooms and gain experience faster that way. And then they've also adjusted it so that you get experience faster in those older expansions. Like, as soon as they're not relevant anymore, you start getting more experience so you can go through them faster. So, it it seems like the point that they're trying to hammer home is, we don't want you to play this. We want you to get to the current stuff, which doesn't really reflect very well on all of this content that's sitting there waiting to be played, particularly with the Cataclysm stuff, because they did pour so much effort into these zone stories. And, you know, when you play through the zone in completion, you play through the entire thing from beginning to end, it makes cohesive sense. And there's like a beginning, middle, end to it. Eastern Plaguelands in particular is one of those ones where it's like, when you start at the zone, you're starting a story. And when you finish that zone, you're finishing that story that you started right at the beginning. And several of these zones have that kind of thing going on where it's like, oh, there's a beginning, middle, and end to the zone. And it feels good. It feels good. It feels like a little, you know, a little chunk of leveling experience. But 
because you're being encouraged to gain experience so quickly, you out-level that content before you ever experience the middle or the end of the story. And It's actually like it's not even a case of you doing anything because you'll level through faster even if you don't have a single heirloom and you don't well, do anything. And again, like I said, it's because they've cranked up the experience gain to get people through the content faster. And I don't know why they did that. I know why they did it because the players asked for it. The well, players, yeah, but, I yeah, mean, players have asked for this for years. Players there started are asking for it now, though. Oh, yeah, there's and there's now. a boost now. Players so, still are the ones that originally asked for it. I mean, if you think about it, I remember like right, going back but to here's when we my were. Point, Rossi. Should they turn it off now that there are ways to skip it? Now that there are ways to kind of skip it, where you could do the boost or you could do the heirlooms and you know gain stuff faster that way. Do we really need the boost to experience in those zones, just like flat out the gate? I don't know if we I mean, do or not. They, because well, go ahead. If they if they turn it off and require you to complete zones and make leveling slower again. That's really just encouraging the people who don't want to level to pay 60 bucks for a boost. And leveling leveling 1 to 100 can can take a while. And it, if they turn it off, it would take a lot longer. And I don't know necessarily that going through zones quickly is the problem in the context of this question. It's them, they want to play to, they're people who know each other and want to play together. Right. Well, what I'm saying is, why couldn't they implement some kind of sidekick system so that they could play yeah. with their friends. And, and yeah, if they and did something like that, that, you know. What, what, what it's interesting, though, is one of the things I was trying to get to is that if you look at what we're doing when we're doing the leveling stream, how easy it was for one of us to get ahead of the others accidentally. Yeah. And that's the problem that you're talking about. You know, it would take nothing for me to be another five levels ahead of everyone else in the group. That's partially because monks have a, have a cheat system. But yeah. and any one of us could do it. If one of us just logged on at night and did some like gathering, you know, gathering can push you ahead. Yeah. It's it's very easy right now in WoW to fall away from each other. And I don't think the sidekick system by itself would be the only way to do it. I think it no. almost would be good it would be good if WoW had a thing where your party all like that smoothed out their leveling when you had a party together. Do you know what I'm saying? Like if somebody's yeah. at the bottom of your party, they should come up faster than the rest of you until they're the same basic level. Like kind of waterfall the experience through the group. Yeah, you know, I've been kind I, of trying to figure out the XP curve in general because we're in a group of five, and it feels like we're getting XP way slower than if you level solo. But you get an X, like you get an XP bonus for being grouped. But it feels like the bonus your XP is actually, still yeah. lower. I'm not sure so if it you is actually lower, an XP but punishment in a group, I f- it feels like. I don't Maybe know if I'm that's wrong. the case. I don't know if that's the case because we haven't tried leveling solo at the same level at the same time to check it out. I but think it part definitely of the feels... reason why we're getting experience slower too is because <laughs> we sidetrack so often. <laughs> yeah, that is the other thing. I mean, we we are we are not the group for like dedicated XP grinding. But but that's even that thing. week, how many dungeons did we do that one week? Yeah, we did like three, three or four. We did a lot Plus, of dungeons, and we didn't get very many levels. And if you're queuing solo, you're going to get like a level per dungeon. I think that's partially because we didn't get the special bonus because we, we went into Maradon. We finished Maradon, the, the one that we queued up for, and then we just kept going. And we don't get the special XP bonus for those bosses when you don't queue for them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, so if we you're playing up, with people you know, you get less you, XP than if you're playing with people you don't. Because, yeah, because the system is set up to, to benefit you from random queuing. Which we could have done, but if you're with your friends, you don't necessarily want a random queue. You want to do stuff, you know. I don't know. That's an interesting point. That's also something to be considered. I I definitely think that sidekicking would be good. I I don't disagree on that at all. Yeah, but not by itself. It needs to be introduced in conjunction with some other stuff. The thing that that I'm kind of championing championing here is the idea that they poured all this work into these stories that people don't really experience. So is there a way, is there a happy medium where the people that want to experience the stories can experience them and level them that way? And the people that don't necessarily or aren't necessarily interested in that can go a different route. 
you know. I, don't you know, know. I think they've added this time walker system, and they can clearly scale like challenge modes. They can clearly scale your gear or your level. They have the ability there. Yeah. Why not just implement a voluntary scaling? I want to be the level that is appropriate for this zone. I don't want to be the level appropriate for this zone. I want to be my real level. Yeah, it's, the thing is that they've had that scaling for a long time. Because didn't we discover it back like at the end of Kata? Like there was like some accidental scaling thing that happened. I want to say yeah. I remember there I was so. a video. There was I a know video of someone Kata, doing it. I know that in the Kata heroics, when they were testing that last batch of heroics, that's when they started like when you when you went into the heroic to test it on the PTR, all of a sudden it was scaling you. Yeah, I just remember there was like I remember somebody put up a video of them going into strat at level at max level, which I believe at the time was, was it like strat level, or dead mines. I think it was strat. Someone went to strat at max level I remember and got what you're scaled talking. down. Yeah. Yeah. So I know that they have the ability to do more with it than they're doing. And it's it's interesting. It's the typical blizzard conserv- you know, conservative approach to things. Which is fine, you know, they don't always have to go nuts with things, but I'd like to see more with it than what they're doing with it. With all of the technology that they've got in regards to scaling, whether it's your level or your eye level or whatever you call it, there should be a way to kind of, like, balance that. Yeah. But anyway, we should probably move on because we're, you know, we're, we're averaging one email every 20 minutes at this point, so. Uh, next email is from Icon... You, a conulun, that's apparently how it's supposed. You guys are going to correct me? A conulun? A conulun. Like a loon with icon at the beginning? Conalun. Yeah. Anyway, greetings, watchers. Uh, I feel like I know quite a bit of DK lore, but one thing seems to be a point of contention, and that is the DK initiates training in Acarus. They persisted through the Kata revamp and continue training to this day. This leads me to believe that the Ebon Blade has the ability to, f- to train slash raise new NPC recruits, and it is my lore reasoning for the Pandaren DK follower you can get on the uh, on the Horde side. What are your thoughts? Does the Ebon Blade appear to have the ability to raise new NPCs, NPC DKs? I specify NPCs as game-wise players were all light, at Light's Hope and are not included in my question. A sincere thank you for all your continued work. Iconulun, uh, Moonguard, U.S. Uh, well, I wouldn't take the fact that the trainers are still there to mean watch of anything because they made that content and then they didn't change it. It kind of exists outside of time. It's in a Wrath of the Lich King time bubble. Yes. Yeah. Cataclysm never touched any of Asse- that content. Yeah. Or that Essentially, happened. you know, from the moment you get past and go to either Stormwind or Orgrimmar, you that's it. The, the things have not moved on there since. Yeah. I mean, that's that doesn't mean they can't. I mean, you did mention the Pandora and DK follower, so that's that's a bit of evidence along lines that they can raise new ones. I don't, I don't think it's ever been said. It, it was definitely said that Darian is working on new magic. Yeah. Did, like, didn't Chris Metzen at the last BlizzCon specifically say there should not be any Pandaren Death Knights, and thus that follower shouldn't exist? It's possible. I don't remember if he said that or not. I don't know if he flat out said it like that. I think it was implied. I'm not sure. Eh. They but, didn't you know, have an actual, like... I don't care enough. I, yeah. Play whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in terms of, like, you know, whether or not that actually proves that they can make new ones, it's sort of... It's the Evan Blade storyline hasn't been touched since the Cataclysm revamp. And the last we saw of the Ebon Blade was, you know, that whole conflict that was going on in um, Anderhall that wasn't yeah. really resolved. Um, and we haven't really seen anything from them since. So we don't really have an answer that we can give you one way or another, honestly. Yeah. Because just there isn't one yet. Now, whether or not there will at some point be an answer to that, the last I, rem- the last I remember, there's a, there's a actual... It's involved in the uh, Warlock Green Fire quest of all places. There's a moment where the the Warlocks Council of is it the Council of Six Daggers or something? Council of I can't remember their name. They're evil, uh, but they get together and they're basically saying, "Well, the mages are learning all this new time magic, and the the shamans are contacting new elements, and you know the the Death Knights are tapping into new new necromancy, and we have to power up, or they'll get it's- ahead of us." Yeah, it's the Council of the Black Harvest is what it Harvest. is. Harvest. Yeah, it was six daggers at some point, but they changed it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Th- th- those guys are basically like, everybody else is getting new stuff. We have to get new stuff, too. But th- we don't actually get to see the Death Knights doing anything with it. It's, it's just, we, just we're kind of a that. sideways mention, yeah, really. That's, that's the last time we, we heard anything about it. That doesn't mean they... I don't... Here's the thing is, I don't know how they would raise new Death Knights. Yeah. Unless uh, they mean, worked hand-in-hand hand with Sylvanas and the Valkyr. And I don't really see that happening after what she did with Kultira. Unless what she's been doing with Kultira is, like, arranging some kind of mind-controlled alliance between herself, the Forsaken, and the Ebon Blade through yeah. him. I don't know. Yeah, but as things stand right now... We don't have any way to know how they would do that because they don't have the Lich King and they don't have the Valkyr. Now, it's possible Darian has just plain figured out how to do it. Like, I, I don't know how he would do that, but, you know, I'm Maybe not. Maybe he's a, got the Shards of Frostmourne. Yeah. Or, you know, I don't know. You know, I really. I don't know how Darian figured out how to make Shadowmourne in the first place. It doesn't, it doesn't seem to me that. In a world like Azeroth, it would be too difficult to figure out a necromancy spell. Yeah. Like, the world is lousy with stuff like that. I don't yeah, think you need the Lich King. Yeah, he could just go and find, like, you know, enough enough people who used to work for the Scourge and be like, you know, hi, you're going to help me now, or I will kill you. But, but we don't know. We, there's nothing in the game right now that answers your question. So, that's that, I guess. Moving on, uh, this one is from... Uh, Ferocious Rav? Does that seem like right? Yeah. Yep. Ferocious Rav, Alliance Rogue from Ekadgar US. Rav pronounced like Rav. So. Rav? Like Khan? Rav? No, see, that doesn't work. You put an A in front of an H, it doesn't make an av sound. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh, like Rav. you write, write out ah, uh, it makes that sound. Yeah. Like a long scream. Nope. There's no, and for that matter, just because you decide that it should be pronounced that way, no. It's, uh, it's Rav. I don't care. Nope, not having it. Uh, Hi, Watchers. I noticed that Archimonde and Hellfire Citadel doesn't drop heirlooms similar to those dropped by Garrosh and SOO. Do you think this is because, A, Archimonde isn't the last boss of the expansion, there will be a newer raid slash boss at some point that will drop heirlooms? B, we're not going to level past 100 in the new expansion, and there will be a new horizon progression system rendering heirlooms past 100 necessary? Uh C, Blizzard doesn't like fun and decided that raiding perks was no longer necessary. D, P- PTR is PTR and we can't know for sure until live. Uh, I might have answered my own question, but I wanted to see if you guys had any opinions on end boss heirlooms as a raiding perk. I love your show. Keep up the great work. Ferocious Rav, uh, Alliance Rogue from Cadgar US. Uh, I'm going to go with E. It's clearly Cadgar. Yeah, I'm going to say right now, um, E, we didn't ever get heirlooms before garage so we don't have to get them every single time we get to an end boss i think that garage and the heirlooms that were on garage was kind of um an experiment as it were they like to do this every now and again they'll put like or they'll do something with the last tier they'll do something unique with the last tier uh just to see how it works and maybe they decided that the heirlooms on the last boss you know it was fun while it lasted but it's not really necessary for one thing, they had to put up with a whole lot of people getting upset about heirlooms on the last boss. Well, and the other thing is, is we've got the heirloom tab now. Yeah. So, we have, like, a full scope of heirlooms there, you know? All they all they need to do, really, is put in another way for, to upgrade those heirlooms beyond level 100, if necessary. They're I probably, honestly thought the heirlooms kind of went against Blizzard's usual loot philosophy that Stuff is you aren't good supposed to have anything forever. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's yeah. why you can't transmog legendaries, because they're like, oh, you, then you'll use your legendaries forever. Like, well, who cares if you use your legendaries forever? But if that's their philosophy, then putting heirlooms that you're going to use until the next max level on an end boss is, okay, well, now you just made loot that you are going to use forever. And it's funny because, I mean, there in the past, like, when, when you did... You know, Cataclysm, and you did um, Deathwing, and got the weapon off of Deathwing because Deathwing dropped nothing but weapons. The last version of him, uh, they were good. They were you know, sometimes really good, but they didn't last all the way through Mist of Pandaria. They Unless didn't come you had close. the Rogue's Daggers. Yeah, those were legendaries. Yeah. And even those, those were still replaceable around level like eighty-eight, eighty-nine, weren't they? 
No. I had them I, all the way through level 90. Are you kidding me? Those things were fantastic. Oh, I thought they'd nerfed the proc the way they usually do in Legendaries. No. Well, I mean, I was also level 90 within, I think, 48 hours of the expansion launching, so I might yeah. be the wrong person to ask. Well, plus, I mean, it, that was a rogue-only weapon. Yeah, exactly. It's not like the Legendary Cloak, you could wear it to level 100, but it definitely wasn't the best thing you could have at level 100. No. It just, you know... The proc on that got nerfed relatively quickly. But in terms of, like, never as an end boss weapon... I mean, I knew people that used Warglaives up to, like, 80. I mean, the Warglaive lasted a while. The legend, the legendary bow that Hunters got from Sunwell lasted Word a while. All. Yeah, but legendaries will last longer, but most end boss drops didn't. And that's generally been the case. Having Garrosh drop a weapon you will use all the way to max level was kind of unusual. It wasn't something that they'd ever done before. If they don't do it again, that doesn't prove Archimonde isn't the last boss. It just proves they're not going to do it again. And they've never did it before. So it's not like they're violating a long-term precedent here. No, it was just, it was something they were trying on. They decided they didn't like how it looked. So, okay. I mean, you know, to go back, I mean, when you killed, you know, Deathwing, he didn't drop a trinket. You know, he his his loot table was just weapons, and that was the same as as um, Lich King. Yeah, Arthas. Lich King was just weapons, and a but, lot of weapons. Yeah. But if you did Sunwell, the Sunwell he didn't drop just weapons. That's not. They don't have a standard last boss of the expansion will drop X. They never have. They've changed it up every expansion. Um, Except I guess that usually there's a mount involved. Well, nowadays. yeah, nowadays, nowadays, but not always, because they didn't always have mounts. And dropping mounts in general is like really something that only came up relatively recently. Like, it, I can't remember any. There might have been some in, invincible, in DC. and then I, and I think it was like invincible, and then on pretty much. Well, well no, because I mean, Yogg dropped the head. Uh, Yogg dropped the head. So that's that's like Yogg dropped the head, and then um, the, the the great big round room. If you did a perfect insanity kill on it, on heroic, you, there was a mount. And then dropped. prior to that was like the ashes of Alar, and then the one from Karazhan that was just kind of on a side boss. But they didn't really start becoming a big end boss thing until Yogg, yeah. where it was like you know Yogg drops a mount, that kind of thing. And that's the, you know that goes back to like Wrath, so. I don't that like Blizzard like like Blizzard, like Blizzard just doesn't do stuff and and feel the need to always do it or just because they did it they they feel really comfortable trying something else if they feel like doing so. Uh, in terms of it rating perks in general, though, uh, I don't th- honestly end end boss heirlooms to my mind was never a good idea. It nobody seemed to like it. They just felt the need to get it, and uh, during the period of time when Mist was getting old. But we didn't have another. We knew it wasn't going to be until November, until the next expansion. I took part in a lot of runs on Garage where people were bringing in their absolutely undergeared, terrible alts, just so they could get the heirloom. Yeah, and it was getting kind of horrible. Like I dreaded ever going to that fight because someone was going to bring the mage they just dinged to get him a staff. Because remember, they changed it before a certain point. I it was was it patch six point oh when they did it. Alex? Was it 6.0 or was it the... Where you're guaranteed to get one? Yeah. You're guaranteed sure. to get one for your spec. Like they did that. Yeah. It was 6.0. It was like the pre-patch. Yeah. They did that thing for like a month where you were guaranteed to get the heirloom if you didn't have it for that yeah, character. Yeah, we have somebody in the chat channel. Anadius yeah. says that, yeah, 6.0 was the 100% guarantee. I, I saw some absolutely dreadful runs during that time period people were like you know bringing characters that never even played they just got to level 100 i mean to level 90 and they, they just figured, oh heirloom why not yeah and the problem was that's fine if one or two people does it but when you have like 14 people that's in the raid, the raid. <laughs> yeah, and, and they're all that they're all like brand new on the character then it Good got kind luck. of tiresome and before that it was like so random whether or not you'd even get it yeah and it took me i think like Four Garrosh kills. It was like a month before I saw a dagger drop. I was like, I was killing that guy every week for months, 
and I got one, one two-handed axe, and then I got a bow for hunters. I don't even have a hunter like near sixty. Yeah, all I ever got was the dagger. That was it. And I had a friend who literally got everything but the staff she wanted. Everything uh-huh. but the staff. And it's like, you know, great, now you can level your phalanx of all she'll never play. Yeah, six six was basically it was the one hundred percent guaranteed drop from Garage, and it was guaranteed that it would be for you and your spec on the first kill. Yeah. I didn't so, get any, because that was in the period where I just wasn't playing. <laughs> Towards the end of that expansion, I was just like, I don't want to do it. And then maybe a month before the expansion launched, I went in Timeless Isle and just did everything in Timeless Isle, because I hadn't before. Like, I was so sick of the game for a while. I was so burned out. And only, like, a month before Warlords of Draenor did I go to Timeless Isle. Yeah, I remember, actually, because, I mean, you were talking about it. Yeah. It's I like was a having lot of, a good time there. I thought Timeless Isle was great, but maybe that's because I got there before, like after everybody else had already done it. So it you was relatively there. peaceful. Yeah, you didn't have the experience of the first day it opened. What was really bad about the Timeless Isle was the same thing that was bad about the Garage thing when they switched it was you felt the need to do this because this thing's going away and you have no idea how much time you have. Yeah. But it, but it was great. Timeless Isle was great to level up your character really fast. To level his gear up, I mean, not actually yeah, level. Yeah, I, I would take fresh characters out there, and I would get geared up relatively quickly, and then it just felt like there was so much to do there. And, you know, maybe Tenon Jungle will turn out that way. I, I don't, haven't... There isn't much information about what's going on there. And if Tenon Jungle turns out like Timeless Isle, I think I'll really enjoy it, because there was a lot to do, and there was enough structure that it told you what you can do there. Yeah. And you just went, and it's like, okay, I want to get this pet, now I want to get this gear i want to buy keys to open chests you know whatever you just did it i had a good time i spent so much time in that monkey cave i got more monkeys than i know what to do with yeah i I I, spent long enough in that cave to get the pet and then i was like okay i'm done with this (laughs) well i kept i kept buying like i kept buying keys because i didn't have anything else to do with those coins yeah so i would buy keys and try and get the you know pieces for my characters I had like three warriors I leveled up that way. I geared up through that cave. My Tauren, my Night Elf, and my my female my female Draenei. I leveled them all. I geared them all up with that cave. I keep saying leveled up because you know gear level. It just was really. Yeah. It was just fast. It was a fast way to do it. I think my the the thing that I did with regularity on the Timeless Isle once a week was I was always in there to kill Ordos because I wanted my hat. Did you get your hat at least? Yeah, I did. I still have it. It's in my bank. I will. Never I never got my shoulders. Oh, really? I killed oh, Ordos. We need to fix that. Times. We need to like figure out how to get you to Ordos and get. Apparently, you he's not easily soloable. A friend of mine's no. been trying this expansion and he can't do it. No, but we should get some people together. See if we can get you your shoulders. No, I just after I, I was rotating three characters through, killing him pretty much weekly with three different characters, and they never dropped. And I was like. After about like six months of that, I was done. I think like every leather wearer in my guild, aside from myself, had my hat except for me. I'll just be over here in my I don't have an item or an NPC corner. It's comfortable. <laughs> I enjoy I'm sorry, it. Yeah, well, think about it, Alex. As much as that might be bad, think about it this way. Imagine having a class you you know like paladins telling the warrior guy, "Oh yeah, I love your shoulders," constantly. I would probably be too lazy to get any item with my name on it, but I would know it's in the database. Yeah. I just feel taunted by it. People were constantly telling me, oh, it's got haste on it, though. Like, yes, I know it has haste on it. <laughs> I didn't design it. I just It's just named after me. Thanks. But all right. Uh, that believe, I guess that's basically it for this week. We actually got through all the emails once, but there were many, many more. So we Hooray! Probably- we could probably do another 20 emails if we had the time, which we don't. We do not. But, uh, you know, as always, please do send emails to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. We love getting them. Uh, we probably, you know, we go back and use older ones when we don't have any new ones. So feel free to help us build up a backlog. We'd love that. Uh, Alex, usually you. Uh, yeah. You, know, and, uh, right now? you can support us uh, on patreon.com slash blizzardwatch the support we get from the community pays for this podcast pretty much all the content on our website we can only do this with the community contributions and if you support us you can send me a message on patreon 
once you're a patron, you can just either post it on our page or send it directly to me. If you have a podcast question, you can send it there too. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Uh, this has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. I'm Matt Rossi. I've been hosting. Uh, and Alex, you want to say goodbye? Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.